You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. And today is January 24th, and we're super excited to be joined by Chief Prosecutor Vincent Santini, also known as the Great Santini by his peers, sometimes self-proclaimed, depending on on the day, week, or how things are going at home. It's great to have you. How are you doing today, Vinny? I'm doing well. The sun is shining. We got over the ice storm of 2018, storm of the century, and we're doing well, working hard. I have a problem in that I keep calling it a hurricane, even though it wasn't a hurricane. So, like, when I go to court and I'm resetting cases, I'm like, this is leftover from the hurricane. And it's just, like, one of those things where it's some weather disturbance or maybe I can't get past the fact that it was an ice storm or... Well, being from snowed. the north, too, right? Right, I mean, exactly. It's just, well, also because we're still dealing with things from the hurricane, that's right? Cr- that's true, and, of course. And speaking of our Vogel yes, topic we, today. But. Yeah, we'll get to that later in the show. We're um, the citizens of Montgomery County and basically surrounding counties, as well as the community as a whole, law enforcement, police officers, defense attorneys have gotten together to support one of our own um, Conroe police officer Clyde Vogel. He had some um, misfortunes during the hurricane and uh, still kind of, I guess, rebuilding. So we'll, well talk about what we can do to help our fellow law attorney, enforcement officer. You, you're still dealing with Harris County's a wreck. You, you're trying cases in the civil courthouse. And- That's right. So it's when you get called on a criminal case, you essentially have to ask your client, are you in the good building? Are you in the one that smells like mildew? Are you in the juvenile building? And so, you know, you may take the case or not take the case, depending on what building they're in and knowing how easy it's going to be to get in and out out of that building. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now in Harris County, they have dockets all day, whereas prosecutors there could usually go in the morning and be done by lunchtime. So that's, we're definitely still rebuilding in Harris County. And I don't know if there's any end in sight to the criminal justice center. Well, and not to mention that uh, I saw like a meme on Facebook or something and it showed Texans bracing for cat five hurricane. It's the the guy from 300, you know, like the Leonidas and then Texans bracing for sub zero temperatures. And it's like us all sad, like <laughs> Every, the lion. Right. Exactly. Buzz. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. <laughs> Texas is closed. <laughs> yeah, Texas is shut down. <laughs> So, and essentially that's what, um, you know, a lot of Montgomery County was shut down for two days following Martin Luther King's um, holiday. And some of these other counties that that remained open caused problems for people that lived in Montgomery County that they had to get to these counties and and you end up putting yourself at risk. and, Mm -hmm. And ultimately I would say, I can't think of a judge or prosecutor here that would put you in jail for missing court if you really had a far ways to go. Correct. Um, that's at least in Montgomery County. Now, certainly there's other judges in other counties and they may be more they don't have unforgiving. The, I mean, they, or they may have snow tires. They Lone Star Radio and Justice is Blonde and they would figure stuff out. They would figure it out. They might <laughs> take a blonder, um, less blind approach to solving <laughs> problems. So, uh, Vinny, I know last time you were here, you were able to talk about a pretty exciting case you were involved in. And, and once again... 
you know, working as a prosecutor, if folks don't know who are listening, that means he works for the state of Texas and not the city, but the state. So he represents the state and also Montgomery County. That's right. So if, if there's a crime committed in Montgomery County and it's serious, then they may call uh, the great Santini chief prosecutor, Vincent Santini, to come in and, or Vincenzo Santini, excuse right. me, I didn't mean to mistake That's okay. To come in and, and try to save the day and, and be on the front lines there. So um, you did get the opportunity to try a police officer um, basically hit and run. And that was a an, almost like an identification. That was the wasn't me defense. That's so right. that you don't always have that defense as a defense attorney. But in this case, you helped prosecute a another defendant who was charged with evading arrest. Right. That's right. And the defense wasn't. It wasn't me, correct? Oh, <laughs> no, because this defendant, Jessica Latrice Chapman, was sensationalizing this. Uh, she was Facebook living the events as they occurred. She calls ABC 13 during the 46-mile chase. So let me just slow you down because this sounds like it's a pretty exciting story. So <laughs> to start off, okay, evading arrest, like, Mm -hmm. You know, we as lawyers know what that means, but just for the public, running from the cops or, you know, what ele what elements do you have to prove to show that somebody is guilty of this offense? Well, you have to show that you know that there is a police officer or a peace officer acting lawfully, right? So they're in uniform, they're in a marked patrol car. They're not going to Sunday brunch. Correct. Right. It's And it's, you're being lawfully detained, so... Your exp expiration's out, or you're speeding. You're being pulled over. Someone's in a marked unit in a patrol car. They're wearing the uniform. Um, there's no question in your mind you're being lawfully detained. Well, before someone can detain you or arrest you, being a lawfully uh, peace officer, you take off and you evade. And that's there's no distance measurement. There's right, no it can be a half a mile, or it can be, in this case, you said it was 46 miles. Correct. So, um, was it entire? Did the entire transaction take place in Montgomery County, or, or no. did it begin in another county? North Montgomery County, Willis. So it's Willis okay. PD started this. Okay. And then we had DPS involved. We had HCS uh, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, Harris County Constable Precinct Four. Um, so it went into Harris County. They went all the way to Shepherd Road in Harris County. Oh wow! So they made it quite a far way. Right. Well, if, if it's anything like Houston traffic normally, I can understand why she ultimately was caught because I can certainly see how things slow down once she gets to Houston. Oh, sh it, things didn't slow down. Things <laughs> slowed down in Houston, but she was driving. She was running red lights, driving on the shoulder. She avoided one set of spike strips. Oh, wow. And then it was ultimately a second set of spike strips, which got her tires, but she was still driving on. The rims. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting about what you said was that she called ABC 13 and kind of sensationalized this stop. So Correct. let's kind of talk about, um, before we even get to what her defense or what's going on with her, what was the original reason that the uh, Willis police detective or police officer had tried to uh, pull her over? Sure. Well, there's two valid reasons. One, the, the, the real reason is she had an active arrest warrant for okay. her. And so what that means is there was probable cause for a crime. In this case, it was stalking. Okay. Um, of a local family in, in Willis. And that's interesting. So why, what was the, um, some of the stalking behavior, if you know? Well, 
the victims in, in that case were guilty of owning a business right across the street from where Miss Chapman lived. Okay. And um, she was convinced because um, he she dropped something on the ground and he helped her pick it up that he wanted to sleep with her. Okay. And so she would. So it call. seems like they would be stalking her, not the reverse. Correct. That's what she was convinced in her. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, she's got a Facebook. She's got multiple Facebooks. Okay? okay. So for the listeners, if you're interested to see who we're talking about, you go to Latrice Chapman. Can you spell that for the listeners? Uh, L-A-T-R-E-S-E and then Chapman, C-H-A-T-M-A-N. Okay. And she's got a few sites. I think they're still open because she's in prison. Okay. Yeah. You You know what? You just got to the ending, Vin. You, were the, you know, the folks don't have to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Yes. So uh, before, so we won't tell them how long she's in prison. Uh, so, so she was convinced that, that someone had some sort of a Correct. desire for her. And, and so how did it become stalking? It became stalking when she harasses them. So it's a level of harassment that uh, is next level. So if you're becoming, if you're physically close to them in prox, you know, proximity. Yeah, if they or, feel physically threatened for their safety or correct. well-being or there's actual physical threats that are made, those would be a couple examples. Correct, exactly. So she was calling this business at all hours, uh, the business across the street, she was threatening them, saying she's calling them obscene words, threatening their lives. It got to the point where she kept circling around and driving around the business. It got to the point where the wife of the spouse of the business owner, who also would work there part-time, um, that Miss Chapman followed her on the road and tried to run her off the road with their child in the car. Okay, so so things were, were out of control with this individual. Correct. And so they had an arrest warrant. And then you said there was another reason why they were trying to pull it. Was it speeding initially? No, her license plate was actually in, in her dashboard, okay. which is, it has to be properly mounted in the front. She admits it as such. It's clearly on the video. So there's sure. two legitimate reasons. There's two legal reasons that she can be detained. Correct. Um, and certainly if she was only detained initially for the license plate in the front window, you could see a situation where the police officer would let her go in that situation and say, I know, you know what, maybe you don't want to mess up the front of your car. And certainly we've had folks that have been pulled over for that citation and been released without incident. Correct. So um, pretty apparent that she probably knew they were coming to arrest her on the stalking charge or things relating to that behavior, do you think? I don't know that because sure. the the warrant, I mean, there was no warning that she was going to be arrested up until this point. I think the warrant was active maybe for 24 hours or so. So it was pretty fresh. So uh, then as far as what happens next, does she then, is, are she detained partially before she takes off? Do they say, Hey, you have a warrant or is it flight from the beginning? They don't. This is a very awesome. This is why I like body cams, the uh, cameras that are mounted to someone, to the officer's body where their chest is and in-car videos and having live mics. Um, so you can hear this is a rookie police officer has never arrested somebody on an arrest warrant and his mic is hot and he's saying, what do I do? I'm right. nervous. Right. How, what, how do I handle this scenario? So he's trying to do everything legal and proper and 
and everything he can to basically protect her, protect the citizens. Correct. And he's got this, he know there's this Willis PD. They, they knew about her um, as far as the, hey, guys, we're having a shift meeting. Um, here's the lowdown on what's happening with Miss um, Chapman. If you see her, we need to arrest her on, the, on this warrant. So <laughs> the rookie police officer was the lucky one who saw her, and he had to fulfill his job duties. Right, and he was, that's why he was calling in for help and backup. And, and this sounds like it's going to, we already know how the story ends, sort of. So we do need um, to take a break to hear from our listeners, but it sounds like it's going to get even more interesting. So you definitely want to tune back in to Justice is Blonde after the break. And I know that we're going to get to hear from a top, uh, excuse me, a couple of other great fellows that work here in Montgomery County. We're joined by one of our favorite guests, Ag Rob, Rob Frayer, also another super prosecutor working for the citizens of Montgomery County, as well as local business owner, former police officer, former investigators, still private investigator, Joey Ashton. So we'll look forward to hearing from them after the break. You're listening to Justice is Blonde. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. Today is January 24th, and we're super excited to be joined by several great guests. We're here with Chief Prosecutor Vincent Santini, a.k.a. the Great Santini, known by friends, family, peers. We're joined by superstar prosecutor, local celebrity, Hunter Fisher, lover of the Constitution, Ag Rob, Rob Frere. Good afternoon. And we're also really pleased to be joined by local business owner, former law enforcement officer, former DA investigator, and <clears throat> now private investigator, owner of Red Onion Catering Company, Joey Ashton. Appreciate y'all having me. So, guys, one of the great things about having folks from the law enforcement community and DA community here is that you guys are okay sitting across the table from a defense attorney and, you know, we don't have to throw things at each other. We realize that we all live in the same community. We all can have different jobs and, and we can all work here and know that you may win some cases. We may have great issues in other cases, but ultimately we all work in the same community so we can all help each other out when, when something happens. So um, we have a local police officer that was hit worse than than a lot of folks, and, and that was Clyde Vogel. So we had talked before the break about there being um, an event coming up for him. But tell us, Rob, what you know about, about Clyde Vogel. Well, from I think Joey probably knows a lot more about it than I do, but, but I consider Clyde to be a very good friend. Um, he promoted from the Narcotics Division to Patrol Sergeant back about a year or so ago. And well, unfortunately, Hurricane Harvey was very hard on him, and his house flooded, and he's had— a my understanding, some issues with his insurance company 
and has had a, a pretty rough rough go of it since then. So Joey decided to uh, organize a, a benefit and interrupt me anytime if I get anything wrong. Yeah, and I can read from some of the information about the benefit to make sure everybody's aware of the particulars. But just so we know what kind of guy Bud Vogel is. I don't, just, I don't know of anybody in, in the Montgomery County community in law enforcement that is more liked and more respected than Sergeant Vogel is. I mean, he's he. this is a guy that has testified uh, for in cases that I've handled over the years uh, while he was on his paid vacation uh, during the punishment phase of a very bad case that we handled years ago. Um he, he always puts other people ahead of himself, and um, he's very knowledgeable in, in uh, you know, handling, the, I mean, he's supervising now, but, you know, I worked with him on a daily basis when I was in major crimes, and he was still in narcotics. And one of the things uh, that I think is, is good about his current promotion to sergeant at patrol is because probably about a year ago, if this had happened, he was undercover back then, so certainly it would be hard for him to put himself out in the community and say, hey, I'm having this benefit um, as somebody that's undercover because he's trying to stay undercover. He, he, he was in charge basically of handling any confidential informants that the Conroe Police Department used in, in their narcotics investigations. And because of his experience, he comes into contact with the same people, good and bad, um, on a daily basis all, all over the city. So... You know, unfortunately, if there's a, a drug dealer in the, in that, that comes into Conroe or that, uh, you know, is unfortunately doing that here, I'm sure that he knows who they are. And so fortunately for Clyde Vogel, he has friends like you and friends like Joey Ashton, who um, just so happens to own a great food restaurant company that are willing to pitch in and, and do things to try to support Clyde Vogel. And of course, Vinny Santini, he's, a, right. he's also very pro Clyde Vogel, but what do you, what about you, Joey? What do you know about him just as a person? And then we can get to the details of the event and how important it is and how people can sponsor it, things like sure. that. Well, Clyde Vogel um, and I went through the police academy together several years back. He was the president of the academy class. I was the vice president of the academy class. That's where we first met. Uh, we kind of almost began our uh, law enforcement career at kind of at the same time. I'd worked for the sheriff's office prior to that. Um, he, he's married with two, two kids. They're, you know, fully involved within the community and just great, great godly people. Um, it was unfortunate when this happened, he was actually on duty and rescuing people as his house was being destroyed by the, by the floodwaters with Harvey. Um, I know that he is a very dedicated individual, not only to his family, but also to his city and his community and county. Um, he has been almost at every thing that we've done. We do several charitable events throughout the year, including a Thanksgiving outreach every year. Um, he and his family have been at every one of them, every step of the way, always willing to help everybody. Just a really, really great family that unfortunately this happened to. So do you know, and this is just if you know, kind of what uh, trouble he's had with the insurance companies or what kind of runaround he's dealing with or, or what's happened as far as... Yes, uh, to the best of my knowledge... Had? FEMA has denied um, pretty much everything uh, with, with the family. Um, the insurance company, um, there was handling of the money with the insurance company to his mortgage company, which kind of left them without any means to have any financial stability to rebuild the home itself. So that's where we stepped in, and, and we're doing the benefit this Saturday from 12 to 4, and all 100% of rain all or shine. Great rain or shine. <laughs> it's in the Conroe Tower, sixth floor, live in silent office. 300 West Davis. And uh, 100% of all proceeds go straight to uh, Clyde Vogel. We do have a GoFundMe set up. 
um, for the family. Uh, you can go online and just put in Clyde Vogel. It'll immediately pop up. And yeah, just so people know how that's spelled, his last name is V-O-G-E-L. And um, his first name is Clyde, C-L-Y-D-E. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, and then he has a GoFundMe site. And then people can buy tables, right? Yes, correct. And they can buy uh, silent auction items and participate in the raffles, things of that nature. But, yes, you know what items are, that would be exciting to folks that maybe they may be able to get if they make a cameo appearance? We have got a lot. They've been not only dropped off at my restaurant, they've been dropped off at Conroe PD with the Conroe Police Officers Association, and we've got several other groups that are helping us out. So there is a huge, huge amount, but we still need them, and we still need more if anybody would like to donate anything. So if folks want who are listening, they say, you know what, I'd love to help this guy, once he pulled me over and he didn't give me a citation or once he really helped my family or something along those lines, they could drop it off at, at your restaurant, which is the Red Onion Company, downtown Conroe. Yes, 330 Main North Main. Not that far from where the benefit is, correct? Correct. Uh, and if somebody just wants to uh, make a donation, they can do it through the GoFundMe. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And then, so if somebody goes to the benefit, maybe they can't afford a table, but they want to support... Can they buy a plate of food, or how does that work? Yeah, we have tickets. Uh, we're doing pre-sale tickets for uh, for the food, and they're available at the door. We also have shirts available for sale. So there's a little bit for anybody, no matter what you can do. It, it will help this family. So is it a situation where the tickets are $20 for the food, or is that about the price range? They are. The food tickets are $20 each. Okay. Um, and what can folks expect to eat if they haven't had the pleasure of having your luxurious delicious cuisine before well we're gonna both gonna have adult and children plates children will have like um hot dogs chips and a drink and we're doing like a large pot of chili cornbread stuff like that for the mains and then as far as um the t-shirts they're gonna be something to with his name on it or to his benefit or what have you it's gonna be in regards to the showing support for law enforcement okay so just the whole law enforcement community that is correct is there a slogan if you know um not that i'm aware of okay what do you think, Rob? Hey, are you going to go? Yes, I am. How many bowls of chili are you going to have? I'll probably stop at one. <laughs> okay. What about you, Vinny? Are you available this Saturday? Yes. You are? Yes. Are you going to bring all your tiny kids? And Probably not my kids, <laughs> but um, I am going to go. I mean, we're, we're still getting over the flu with the little guy at, at the house. So otherwise, I'd bring them up there because, I mean, they love hot dogs and Joey's food. So. And so... Uh, yeah, if the folks in the community want to give in whatever way they can give, just use your hearts and you can come up with with creative ways. But obviously money is the easiest thing you can donate. Uh, money is something that they can then use as they best know or as best they see fit to whatever resource they think is, a, is appropriate. And, and certainly as someone who is a law enforcement officer working in our community, you know, it's like Joey Ashton said, he's keeping the streets safe while you're sitting at home, hoping that you don't lose power. He's actually rescuing members of your community, friends, family, um, neighbors, pets, whatever he can do. And that just kind of shows you where your money's going. It just shows your your money is being invested well, and it's it's going to be um, shared and, and spread to the, the people that really can use it best. And I, I can tell you what I know about Clyde Vogel is he'll pay it forward in his attitude and his enthusiasm for the community and, and – we're really lucky to have him here. So do whatever you can, as much or as little as you can. But it's it's honestly for for just a super super um, police officer now, police sergeant. So yes, Clyde Vogel, look him up.
Uh, right now, we do need to take a break so we can hear from some of our sponsors um, that are not Clyde Vogel, but certainly we still sponsor and love him. So we're, you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. And when we come back, we'll hear more about Life in the Fast Lane with Vinny Santini and Latrice Chapman. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde, and it's January 24th, 2018, and we're super excited to be joined by two local fabulous prosecutors, Vinny Santini, also known as the Great Santini, friends, peers, sometimes his wife. And then Rob, also known as Ag Rob, to people that commit robberies. He gets real aggravated. Also, maybe sometimes his wife calls him Ag Rob. So we're really happy to have you guys back. How are y'all doing? We're doing fine. Thank great. you for having us. So before um, this break, we were talking about a great benefit coming up this weekend. So just to remind everybody, January 27th, Clyde Vogel benefit. Um, it's a it's a charity benefit where all the proceeds go to him and his family. And the Conroe Police Department is really sticking together. So you can make a donation to the Conroe Police Officers Association, uh, and that is a 5013C charity. So you can also look forward to writing it off on your taxes. Uh, so before the break, though, we had visited with Vinny Santini about um, a high-speed chase, bad boys, what you going to do? Latrice Chapman is on the, on the run. Okay, She's on the run. So <laughs> police officer or rookie officer with Willis Police Department trying to pull her over. And um, she doesn't, what, what, tell us what she does. She doesn't okay. want to stop. So we, we left off with, with our rookie police officer trying to get guidance on how to handle his very first arrest warrant on somebody. And he says it on his hot mic. He goes, I got a bad feeling about this. And it, which said in every Star Wars movie, except The Last <laughs> Jedi, which is garbage, by the way, but... I got a bad feeling about this. And he goes, I think she's going to run. Yeah. And you know what? With women's intuition, sometimes us as women feel like, you know, something bad is coming before it happens. But I mean, I hate to say maybe, maybe men have it too, because he was right in this situation. Am That's, I wrong? But he was, he was more than There was right. a bad feeling. <laughs> he had a bad, so he walks up and it's so funny. It's like, he's tiptoeing almost. <laughs> he's trying to be so gentle. And Miss Chapman, would you please step out of the car? They didn't want to say you have an arrest warrant. They sure. didn't want to aggravate the the, the situation. Right. right. And so, may you please step out of the car, Miss Chapman, after tiptoeing to the side of it. Sure. And she kind of says, buckle up, and takes off. Okay. And it's a construction. If anyone knows, this is right up there on 1097. Um, it's on the Willis side of the freeway on the east side of, of the freeway where there, all that construction was was going on. Okay, so over by the barbecue spot. Exactly, by Leroy's. Okay. Leroy's. And you know what? Rob likes that place. Yes, we do. We go there uh, as a group, oh, uh, maybe once a month. 
You get, yep. the, you get the cheeseburger? It, yeah, everything yes. they have is good. You cheese. eat everything on their plates. And the Philly cheesesteak, you guys Philly like. Philly cheesesteak, <laughs> the shrimp po' boy is very good. So those are the folks that are hanging out in that area. Maybe Rob was having a Philly cheesesteak that day, and and unfortunately, construction Yes. He gets lit and up, you, and what happens next? You actually see a construction guy wearing his orange vest walking. Um, I think they were in the Wood Forest um, parking lot, and he's walking out towards the, the exit, and she, boom, takes off, and he kind of stops in his tracks, and it's it's on. She gets on to um, I-45 South, and she's going over 100 it's go miles time. an hour. And it's go time. It's go time. So uh, she's on 45. Is that the – is that – does she stay on the entire uh, freeway the entire time, or does she take access roads, feeders, things uh, of that nature? She is on the freeway the whole entire time, go, driving on the shoulder, driving, weaving in and out of cars, um, hitting, hitting her brakes when she needs to, speeding up when she needs to. And I think she eventually exits uh, down in Houston where, uh, near Shepherd Road. So now one of the things— with this evading that I thought was really interesting was that you said she kind of brought all the attention on herself. So it was almost like an OJ situation where she, she dialed in the media and she tried to sensationalize her own arrest. Am I right about that? Yes and no, where OJ, it wasn't really a high speed chase and it was more, you know, first of all, the people versus OJ on on FX. What a great show. It's on Netflix now. It's fantastic. It it is fantastic. Have you seen the whole thing? I saw everything. I'm up to the point where um, Chris Darden is about to have his freak out in court. I'm at like one of the last two episodes. Have you seen the show, Rob? I have. It's fantastic. Yes. Every character nailed it. Yeah, we watched it, the series. Marsha Clark. She's amazing. Oh, my God. She's amazing. She got a bad rap on that one from everybody. she She did a great show. Double standards. That's another show. Well, she should have another week long. show. Yeah, it's a week long show, and we certainly, as me as a former prosecutor and you both as prosecutors, the interesting thing about that situation is that nobody ever played the evading in court. I mean, certainly, flight is evidence of guilt. Let's. I know we've all seen it before, but but maybe play the the chase scene. Right. Let's figure out what happened on the nine one one when when Al Calling was on was on the. You know, phone with the police department. Right. Don't or, we want to know what happened then? Well, there there could be a, a strategic reason. I'm not defending the decisions they made, but to to not play the tape because of all the people that were along the freeway cheering for him, and for the fact that he was, you know, over the air, he was contemplating committing suicide. suicide. So, like acting as a cry for help. Um, yeah. He, you know. He got away with murder. And well, and now he's out on parole. He's he paroled out of so, prison in Nevada. Yep. So I don't know where he's at right now, but I, you know where I know he's not, and he's not in Montgomery County. He, yes, as far as I know. Um, and if he was, Rob would be looking for him because <laughs> Rob looks out for people that commit aggravated robberies, and we know he was convicted of that. So um, in a casino, in a casino on video. <laughs> so, but the thing is with. So at least he got caught in that case because he was caught on video. Yeah, and that's probably ultimately, not a good idea if you're going to rob somebody. Don't do it in a casino where there's right. video cameras all over. Well, the other good thing for Miss Chapman is so that's where she does have something similar to the OJ scenario, with which her crime was also caught on video because she enrolled the ABC 13. A lot of this was was caught by all kinds of law enforcement personnel as well as the media, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct. And Miss Chapman, she is African American. 
And she was sensationalizing using any, wherever you stand on the race issue, police officer issue, she was using those issues to sensationalize those platforms. Story. Those platforms, exactly. So um, she was attempting to say, that I can't pull over because I'll be shot or something along those lines. It was these, and a lot more um, vulgar language, but these racist MFers, they're after me, right. I ain't listening to you. And uh, literally the ABC 13 um, worker the, the, the production person is on the phone with her saying, no, put your hands up, pull over. It's going to be okay. You're right. going to be okay. Right. The eye in the sky is watching. You're going to be okay. Right. Every, it looks like there's no danger. And, and certainly um, when you said that this chase ultimately ended, the it took two strips of, um, what are they spikes. called, Rob? Spikes? spikes? Yeah, spike strips. Cattle guards? Spike guards? Spike, spike strips. Yep. But she made it through the first one. Yep. And then the second one ultimately disabled her vehicle, and she ended up driving on her rims. Am I right? Correct. Yep. She, but she kept driving. She pulled over. She know. drove as long as her car would physically allow her to. Correct. And then did she try to run? No. She got out with her, with her hands up, and they have the um, police dogs, the canine units there. Guns are drawn. And it's all the eye in the sky is hovering. ABC 13's watching. Everyone's guns pointing, and she gets out. It's a and peaceful. She's taken into custody. It's peaceful. Peaceful. And so you went to trial on this case in 2017, and you also were assisted by another one of your prosecutors, Sarah Karate. That's right. She was lead. She, she was the lead job. prosecutor. And <clears throat> so the range of punishment for something like this, what's the most somebody can get for an evading? So evading in a is motor a misdemeanor if you evade on foot. Um, if so, You know, like what most teenagers did when you're at a party. You ran from the cops. That is a misdemeanor. Or maybe you ran from your parents if your parents came home too early or something like that. Right. If, I, right, if Clyde Vogel's son ran from him, which he did because he's got right. good kids. But right. if he ran from him, that's evading from a police officer. Right. Right. So, But if, if you do it again, it's a state jail felony. Right. So it's an enhanceable offense. I've recently had a case that was prosecuted as a state jail felony and, for a second running on foot, I will say. And if you do it in a I car. I didn't have a defense. He did evade a second time. If you do it in a car, it's two to ten. Two years to ten is a third degree felony, and you can be, if depending on how you drive, the OJ one you wouldn't use as a deadly weapon because he's going slow. There's no other cars around him. He's in the middle of the lane. That's just right. straight up evading. You're not stopping. Right. If you're doing what Miss Chapman did, you're running nine red lights. You almost hit a construction worker. You're weaving in and out, going over 100 miles an hour. That could be. You're using your vehicle as a deadly weapon. That makes it an aggravated offense. So basically, the jury or a judge could find this enhanced punishment that says, you know what, you use this vehicle in an aggravating way uh, where it was capable of causing death or serious bodily injury, and then uh, it makes it so somebody would have to do what we call aggravated time or... 3G, 4212-3G. <laughs> the, the, the deadly weapon paragraph that Vince mentioned is a, it's a charging paragraph that we have to prove that the vehicle is driven in a manner that by the manner of its use, could cause serious bodily injury and or death. And if there's a true finding to that, then that individual, assuming they're sentenced to prison, and they will, um, that case will be treated differently by a parole board than just a simple evade. So on a range of punishment of two to ten years in prison, with this option where they could find that the this aggravating 
issue, what happened to Ms. Chapman? She got nine years in prison by a jury of her peers, and uh, it was, they found the deadly weapon paragraph true. So it was, this was an aggravated conviction. She got nine out of ten years, aggravated, first time going to, to prison, which is, uh, it's a big deal. It's a big sentence, big pop. So, I mean, it was almost the maximum. I mean, barely, very close to the maximum. So maybe they gave her a little bit of benefit of the doubt that she didn't have any criminal history or... Right. I mean, it had, well, she had criminal history. Okay. She, um, but was, no prison criminal. She history. was a pimp. She ran a prostitution service. Okay. Um, this is not her first multi-county um, production. Production. And another interesting thing, when you do find the deadly weapon paragraph true from an appeal standpoint, Rob, what's that? Can she get out on appeal bond? No. So she goes. She goes, and there's nothing she can do to stop it. Yes, I don't. I haven't seen very many people get out on appeal bonds on felonies here in Montgomery County since I've been here. Um, and, and it may just be that they're happy with the result, or, it's, or it may just be in Montgomery County, it's not less than 10 years, and that's, that's the only that way you can. And, and, <laughs> and following up with what Vince said about this defendant not having criminal history, I mean, we have two evadings in our court now without going into the name of the individuals who uh, went, one of them went over 140 miles an hour, down 45. One of them went all the way into Cleveland from Conroe. Both of those two defendants are what we call habitual offenders. So that means they've both been to prison at least twice on two separate occasions. So they're 25 to life. And these, these cases usually are not difficult to prove because, like you said, they're all on video. And they all involve putting people in this community at risk who are just going about their daily lives, going to work, going home, going to school, going to church, doing whatever they're doing. And uh, they get thrust into a situation where somebody's barreling down the freeway at over 100 miles an hour. It's, you know, people in this community don't tolerate it. Well, we do need to take a break to hear from our sponsors. But when we get back, we'll wrap up on talking about Ms. Chapman. We'll hear more from our two superstar prosecutors, Rob and Vincent, Rob Freyer and Vincent Santini. You're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. This is Andrea Kolsky, and you're listening to Justice is Blonde on Lone Star Community Radio. It's January 24th, and the sun is shining. And if you're just joining us, we're joined by two fabulous, super hardworking prosecutors, Rob Frere, also known as Ag Rob, because he's passionate about trying violent cases, and uh, Vincent Santini, known to his friends and peers as the Great Santini. That might have actually been a nickname that Rob came up with. For Vinny, was it? Who came up with that? First? Did you call that to yourself? Who, who came up with it first? Well, it's the name of a book that was written by a guy named Pat Conroy about a very domineering military Mar- father. Marine. And, Pilot. Uh, a long time ago. Robert Duvall starred as the great Santini, and I was called this Your whole in life? law school, too. Okay. So. I get aggravate. I get ag robbed from a guy that I used to work with, that we used to work with, named Todd Overstreet, who is now a... He's been a defense attorney in Houston for years, so he came up with it. He, he gets credit for the nickname. 
the moniker. And, and so it has followed me from Harris County all the way up here. So I don't fight it. Well, we're happy to have you both with your properly earned nicknames, Braden Ag. <laughs> but, um, you know, we one of the things about being Montgomery County prosecutors is, you know, you go to work every day, you work here from eight to five and, and you, you know, you certainly have your office policies and there's things that are difficult as, as prosecutors that you have to deal with. But for example, in this trial that you had, there's a real fine line where you, there's certain things that are admissible and certain things that aren't admissible. So in your case, you had someone here that was here illegally. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because immigration has kind of been a hot topic um, here nationally recently. But in your case, it was something that came up where you had someone illegal that had recently committed a serious felony offense. Um, so as far as when you're in trial on this topic, can you say, He's here illegally. He shouldn't be here to begin with. Or what? How did you guys handle that? Situation? Vince and I had a case back in December involving Officer Michael Chapman, and we had a defendant that was with a crew of, of other defendants, and they were stealing roofing tiles at a at the West End Lumber. They on 45 and 1488. Officer Chapman was by himself. He gets out to try to investigate, and to make a long story short, this defendant ends up barreling into the side of his patrol car, which was open. And as a result, it pinned his lower left leg between the door of his of his patrol car and the frame of his patrol car, and it broke two bones in his body. Well, Vince and I got a guilty verdict. Uh, we we worked very hard. And, yeah, that was um, the we that was the wasn't me defense. It wasn't me, and, it wasn't and me. the jury didn't believe that. The, some they other believed it was defense. in fact him. But during punishment, we really did not have very much to work with because this defendant was not very old. But one thing Vince and I were able to do is to prove up that he was a documented member of MS-13, which is, everybody knows, a very, very dangerous and serious... It's a Latin gang, right? Primarily Latino? Salvador, El Salvador, and Honduras is where they originated from. But were you able to say, he's here illegally? We don't know how he... I mean, you wouldn't... As a prosecutor, you got to be very careful about what you say about things like that. Am I... Am yes. I right? So you are right. In in the, the guilt innocence phase, we shouldn't be focusing or convicting somebody on based on whether they're here legally what or not. What their status is, right. Or diverting the jury's attention from that. Because if you're a juror and you're hearing that, uh, it's kind of like you can't unring the bell, right? And so right. You're, if, will that affect their decision? Well, we don't want to go there. We want them to right. focus on did he do this right. crime or exactly. not. But what we do, what did come up that was relevant in the guilt innocence phase was he had a lot of different names. He didn't have a driver's license. This went to the fact that how difficult it was to get him. Right, exactly. But if you're a juror, you're kind of, I don't know what's worse, just knowing that he wasn't here legally or having your screws turn. Or, or maybe wonder. you could think maybe he is or maybe he isn't, but if he's here, he's not doing things that law-abiding people would be doing, like getting a driver's license and having one name. And I mean, besides your nicknames, you guys really just have one name that y'all go with. And I think Vince, <laughs> Vince gets the credit in, in, in this verdict and punishment because, I mean, we both work very hard. But you guys Vince, always work very Vince hard, was, sometimes too hard as a Vince defense was, attorney also. <laughs> Vince was able to uh, uncover um, some things that this defendant had posted on the Internet on his Facebook. You know what? Vince is always on Facebook, and it's not um, to post selfies. I'll tell you. When well, I go to court, he says, I've checked out your defendant's Facebook page. The, I'm it's like, a, Don't, it's a gold, why are you on a, his Facebook page? Well, it's a gold mine when you have somebody that is into robbing banks or, or jugging bank customers, you know, following them and smashing their windows, which is a problem throughout the Houston area. 
and it's it's great evidence in punishment, even maybe even in guilt in this instance, to have a defendant who has no job, uh, no source of legitimate source of income, and you have him on Facebook, on Instagram, fanning out large amounts of currency, sometimes with the with the the money band still on it. Right. Um, and it's not like, hey, I just went to the bank and I, I got this stack of money with this on it where he went to First Bank of Conroe and then um, brings it to show, look, I cashed my paycheck. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. I think it's faith to say that if somebody is on on the Internet showing a large amount of cash, they probably did not obtain it. Literally. Obtain it lawfully. Because to be honest, if you as a lawyer or somebody that legitimately attains a, a large pile of cash lawfully, you're going to want to not post it on Facebook so people don't say, you buying dinner? What? When are you taking me on vacation? Um, I don't want the IRS to necessarily Can take a look at my... Can rob you? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, but maybe criminals don't have the same brain as law-abiding people in that regard. Well, I mean, it's sometimes victims, they... It's never good to show a complete stranger that you are in possession of a large amount of cash because you never you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we had murder cases in here. We had murder cases in Harris County. So for where, certainly a lot less money than than um, some people. Yeah, I mean, would we had a guy, their a guy that took a claw hammer to the back of his head over three hundred dollars. So certainly, desperate times people may ask des act desperately. But at least um, in this situation, I think there's a couple of lessons, which is that. Um, Vinny Santini is going to Vinny Santini is going to be watching your Facebook if you're involved in any kind of illegal criminal activity, um, and your families and your girlfriends and, and your dogs and Rob Freyer will be listening to your calls if you go to jail. Be aware because he will not miss a call. There's codes that he will know the answers to, and also don't think you're sophisticated enough that you are the first person um, in the history of messaging that uh, calls cocaine Tina or calls ecstasy Molly, or something along those lines. These are not terms that you made up. These are terms that are known to the legal community. I heard a new one the other day. What is it? Uh, we had a case where a defendant pled to a lot of times she was selling methamphetamine, and she called it selling cake. Well, it probably wasn't so sweet for her. No, it wasn't. Um, and she certainly got a life slice of cake. She got a life slice. And I certainly would love to talk to you more about that case because you were integral in uh, this young lady pleading to a life sentence, which is that a first time you ever had somebody agree, I'm going to plead to life in yep. a non-murder case? Yes, it is. Um, and my understanding is that it was a lot of cake. She had, yes, she had, in this case, she had uh, about a pound of cake, 15 ounces of methamphetamine, and then she got out somehow, her bond got lowered, and then she disappeared. So we had officers all over Southeast Texas looking for her. And she surfaced at the Walmart parking lot in Silsby, Texas, which is Hardin County, north of Beaumont. And she had another eight ounces of cake and uh, $6,500 cash on her. So um, in exchange for a promise from some of the neighboring counties to not go forward on her cases is why she took a she life sentence. She agreed to a life sentence. And the nice thing in your in your case was that she pled to the very maximum that you We We had another get. case we could file on her. Right. There's nothing that messes with or that, that can complicate a defendant's parole more than a defendant who gets, a, gets stacked sentences. Well, Rob, I, it always goes too fast when you're on the show. And Vinny, you know, we love having you here talking about 
just all your great work. But Dick Chisler, the producer, he's our head um, operator, head of operations is shutting us down. So we we do want to make sure you have a chance to go see Clyde Vogel, uh, meet his family at his benefit this weekend. It's at Conroe Tower from Saturday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, no donation will, will be too small, and the family will greatly appreciate your support. You're listening to Justice is Blonde. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course, their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted, and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.